I'm Scott Blakeman, getting through this in Manhattan. And I'm Tom Saunders in Los Angeles. And this just in on MSNBC a mere couple hours ago, Craig Melvin asked NBC reporter Ken Delanian a question. Scotty Delanian, who apparently did not know he was on the air, looked at, was looking down at his phone, saw something and said two very bad words, the S word and the F word. On national cable TV, I happened to be watching MSNBC at the time. I, it's it's almost like like being in New Jersey when when the uh, Hindenburg blows up. Uh, right, was it the Hindenburg? Um, yes, Lakewood, New Jersey. Uh, yeah, it's almost like like you happen to be wandering around Lakewood, New Jersey in 1936, and a blimp blows up in front of your face. It's something like that, Scotty. It was that kind of you know, oh, the humanity kind of moment. Uh, I, 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 I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. And it, and it is blowing up on Twitter. So, uh, nobody will forget this. Um, Scotty, we have to have a frank conversation about pundits not knowing when they're on TV well, and embarrassing themselves. Well, Tommy, I'm glad that you didn't say the words on this program. We're a family program, but I think people know what was said. And, you know, Tommy, as an experienced pundit, I can tell you that the situation you described today uh, is the nightmare of anyone who's ever done what we call a live shot in the business. Uh, it's bad enough simply not to hear your cue and just stare blankly at the camera, as happens so often, but to not realize you're on the air live and to utter the two most forbidden expletives is simply catastrophic. So my advice to the young pundits and reporters starting out in the business, first of all, never say those words out loud when you're mic'd. I don't care if you're not going to be on the air for an hour. If you're a mic don't ever say those words. And I would even go one step further and recommend that you never say any bleepable words ever, even in your private life. Now, had this reporter reacted to looking at his phone or whatever he saw and said, darn, or Jiminy Crickets, well, he wouldn't <laughs> be blowing up on Twitter right now, Tommy. No, you're so right. I mean, I, I laugh because his life, he's probably thinking that very thing right now. Why didn't I just say Jiminy Crickets? I mean, it, it, it'd be cute. And, every, and people would say, you know, that Kendallanian, he's, he's, just, he's just like us, just a regular guy. No, now it's Kendallanian, the guy who didn't know he was on TV. Now, in a post on Twitter, Delanian elaborated on the cause of his on-air mistake. He said, I was experiencing some technical difficulties and mistakenly hung up on the control room, though my mic was still on. His mic was on and, and the... Uh, camera was on so uh yeah. he explained the he, he uh says it's the perils of playing producer cameraman and tech support all at the same time from home scotty this is not the first time something like this has happened there's the jeffrey tubin incident uh the pandemic has just tested the professionalism of cable news pundits we we i don't think we've really discussed the tubin incident well, we've left that to other uh, other outlets, but but we can ignore it no longer. Uh, well, it's a little a different, uh, uh, you know. Of course, but with Kendallanian, uh, if he had done that, that would that would surely he would be gone. Now, he was on location somewhere, I assume. Um, he was, uh, Scotty. Yeah. Well, and, what they usually uh, do, uh, as I notice, you know, they look at their phone a lot, and now with the iPhones, that is, as Delanian said, they're linked to the control room, and that, and even their prompter could be on the phone. Sometimes you never know. So I understand his. Uh, distress but again if you just stick to the nice words 
Nobody yeah. on Twitter, one person would on Twitter would say, isn't that cute? Kendallanian said Jiminy yeah. Cricket. Uh, and that's yeah, all it, it is. It, no one expects be, them not to react and to be freaked out. Don't say those words. <laughs> so true. Scotty, that, I think that's the most radical of your proposals. And I, I, I wanted to uh, give Delanian a chance to, to say his piece, which, which we did. But uh, I think your, your proposal is something that he's going to have to reach down inside himself and see if maybe that's what he should do, is only say, even in private, Jiminy Crickets and darn. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, it, it's a tough ask, I think, to, for somebody who has been uh, who's used coarse language their whole life to suddenly uh, sound like a 1950s TV cartoon character. But <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think you're I, I mean, I, I and I, I do I think there's no question if he is able to just say Jiminy Crickets and darn um, that will be the first step on the road back to public Redem- uh, yeah to redemption and uh redemption yeah. yeah well and again i think getting back to the 50s in any of those shows they never cursed uh, of course and so if he had just said you know darn it i did the fools boy am i a fool i just cut myself and to acknowledge i just cut myself off with the control room something yeah. like that as a comic too that's something i always tell my students too don't don't freak out and just say if you forget a line Acknowledge it to the crowd or something, you know, whatever happens, acknowledge it and people are with you. So uh, but this Delanian, he's a fine reporter. I've seen him uh, before. And I do hope uh, terms Delanian of gets a lot of airtime on NBC. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's, he's a solid a guy. Yeah. Went uh, to, so my concern is in this day that I think there should be no consequences other than maybe he needs to listen to this podcast and see the way forward uh, by not using those words again. But if I may, just off that point, um, I, I think that's, that's the big takeaway I get from this is that pundits must, and again, this is not something we can legally mandate, but pundits for their own sake and for the sake of the viewers need to listen to this podcast. It's really as simple as that. Well, yeah. It's a, uh, once, what's the manual almost to how to, to, in this day and age, you know? Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's a master class in punditry it, well, yeah. by, by, by an actual pundit. And, um, the, and, and tragically, uh, th- this is what happens when you don't listen to this podcast. Right. And then also you discovered these. I would not have known about it. I was watching MSC. So you discovered this, uh, brought it to our attention. And then we don't just bring it up and use it for our own good. No, we come up with helpful advice to do better. And that's why oh, right. we don't. It was our subhead make... for the show. Helpful advice to do better. That would be a 1950s podcast if they existed <laughs> then. Helpful advice to do better. Even better than in the 40s, it would be, yes. You will sky the, the highest heights and do better than ever. Anything you imagine could be possible because in the 40s, it was a little more uh, lofty, but uh, but still in the 50s. But that's what we do every day, Tommy. And and, uh, and again, um, now did Craig Melvin, usually when they come back, there's a little, uh, as you heard, we had a little difficulty because that, that moment would have been interesting. No, he, he did say, he did uh, cover and say, uh, we, we seem to have lost him, which is clearly not the case. They cut away from him yeah. because he didn't know he was on camera and he was explicating in a way that you just you never hear those words in, in all my life on network TV. Now, it's not like we've never heard those words on television at all, because if you get HBO or Showtime. Right. Sure. Yeah. Right. You get all those words and more. But uh, there's something. But 
our brains are wired to expect certain behavior from cable news uh, reporters and pundits. Uh, in this case, it's a reporter. In the, in the Jeffrey Tubin case, it was a pundit. Jeffrey Tubin, it was not on national TV, but he was on. Uh, he was in a in a Zoom meeting of some sort. The yeah. point is, okay, pundits, reporters, uh, they all. It would be better for all of us, not just for their own careers and their own self-respect, but all of us, uh, uh, but for the viewers as well, if these pundits and reporters would listen to this podcast on a daily basis. Well, we're a roadmap, Tommy. That's what we do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, we just put it out there. We've got a, the benefit of stepping back from it all and taking it all in. And yeah, and yeah I think that's all we have. 35, 30 minutes a day listening to this. These things that, won't happen. It's not that big a bite. No, well, it's schedule. worth it. Uh, it's, an investment in making a career. And so, again, we hope Delanian bounces back from this. You know, another uh, uh, culprit now, when we see the sports on television, especially in empty stadiums, you hear the exploits from the athletes more. And that's not shocking. But a lot of times they'll zoom in on a close-up, especially when a pitcher is removed from the game. He always says, oh, F. And they always have the close-up. <laughs> and uh, now that's a little jarring, too, on behalf of the kids watching. It really is. When did baseball become uh, a, 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 an expletive strewn? But you know what? It always has been. It's it's it, it, baseball. If you go back to the 1920s, the the uh, uh, horrible th words were uttered and very yeah. racist. Well, you know, against Jackie so Robinson. I mean, horrible epithets. Yeah. yeah so, they, yeah, they weren't choir boys by any means. In no. The, the old and by days. the way, choir boys weren't even choir boys back then. They would. <laughs> They would shoot craps and and say naughty words as well. Uh, again, this is speculative history, but my feeling is that it's only you know recently the choir boys have acquired that you know that that uh, halo. halo. Uh, yeah, no, it's true because and and I think on behalf of choir boys, this is very positive. They you know uh, choir boys is you know decent fellows. Hey, what, and I think a lot of them when they became choir boys said, "I'm no choir boy," and yeah. they became one. Yeah, so, right. uh, you know. Well, how do you know you're no choir boy until you try it? You know, I mean, that's got to be a tough thing looking for, you know, the guy who has to try to get boys in the choir. I'm glad I don't have that job. Well, because no one really wants to admit I'm a choir boy. No, that's not a cool thing. But they can go, ah, oh, well, I suppose I could be a choir boy right. after sports practice. That, you know, <laughs> something. I mean, yeah. I mean it, 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 but it, you're right, though, Scotty. You, the, the immediate response would be to say that you're, to, to deny that you're a choir boy but also i can imagine that'd be a great name for a really vicious gang the choir boys <laughs> you know uh, uh, and i see them in in los angeles in in the 1940s and and oh uh, you gotta watch out for the choir boys choir boys aren't they aren't they nice people <laughs> now nah, you don't want to mess with those guys you know? <laughs> no because you're lulled scotty yeah well you're lulled into not worrying about them yeah, that's the thing. Well, who's that gang we have to wear? Oh, the choir boys. Oh, this is going to be a breeze. And you let your <laughs> guard down. And then they knock the, the now the living daylights out of you. <laughs> if the Leyland had gone that way, because you can say something else, living daylights, no one, Twitter, one person is going to go and they mistakenly didn't even see it. So no. just what no, a difference but... make. Say living daylight. Say uh, Jiminy Cricket. Just yeah, say it. So, so true. And I, I do want to make the point uh, again. Uh, well, for the first time, actually, that other podcasts and uh, television comedy programs will make fun of Delanian. We supply actual solutions. We say we give them the correct words to say 
and and give them a whole program that will uh, so that they they even say these words in private. I mean, that's I think the most radical solution, and that's yeah, probably but... why you're going to be taught in university what your your um, theories about punditry and and reporting um, behavior. Well, report- this does separate me from those. Uh, again, many people will say, I mean, you, you know, say, hey, here's some advice: don't say bad words on TV. Yes, anybody could say that. Yeah. But as you say, Tommy, I take it that step further, that necessary step further. Yeah. Cut it out of your life altogether. All that together. way there'll be no, whether you're on a mic or not, or any, you, you, at a diner, just never say it and then you'll be fine. Well, yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and also, you know, uh, but would you, would you go so far as to uh, give Jeffrey Tubin the advice that he never d- did what he did in private? Uh, uh, no, that's it. And I do think that's a whole different thing, which Jeffrey Tubin, because had he been, you know, now Jeffrey Tubin, what do you think of this uh, Supreme Court decision on CNN and he was doing what he was doing? That would be a whole other thing. But this thing was, you know, with Jeffrey Tubin, uh, again, he was on a Zoom call and I just, <laughs> just thought he was off that one and he was on yeah, a well, private uh, naughty Zoom call <laughs> and he did the naughty Zoom stuff <laughs> instead of the boring regular zoom stuff where, well, you know, well scotty you you could you, you could you could do the probably what nobody else in america can do and that's uh um formulate a plausible uh defense for jeffrey tubin um and uh and and i i, I but still i have to unpack it just a little bit because yes uh um he was not on national television. You, I think that's that's the distinction you're making. Oh well, no, my distinction is well, there's that, but but and also he didn't realize if he was on the Zoom call with people from New Yorker and and NPR planning election coverage, which he didn't get to be on, and then he did that. Well, that would certainly be inappropriate. Oh, wrong, you know. But he apparently what his story was, and it really sort of got dropped, was that he thought that that call had ended, and he embarked on a secondary zoom call thinking his camera was off from the other one i'm not as expert on zoom to know if you even have two calls at one time maybe you can't but i guess he was off on a private zoom adventure but apparently he was still being seen to the new yorker npr folk although not all of them noticed it which shows you how little people pay attention on zoom calls. <laughs> you know? that's shocking that a lot of that's news i think i i hadn't heard that there were people who ha- didn't notice Jeffrey yeah, I think it just takes one, you know, so I think a lot of people didn't because uh, you know, they may have had their video off. Who knows? You know, who knows? They, they, so, well, they're just not, it wasn't that interesting. Yeah. A, a, a Zoom call. Maybe that was it, too. But but the and nobody's really talking about that. I mean, there. I think uh, whoever is conducting that has a, has, I think, personally, I think that, yes, yeah, Jeffrey Tubin may have thought his Zoom call had ended and, and he starts another Zoom call with a sex worker or a yeah, girlfriend yeah. or something. Right, which right? is between uh, okay. he and his, uh, I, I get yeah. that, but is it also not possible, and I want to put this out there, that it just wasn't that interesting a meeting, a Zoom meeting, whatever you want to call it. I guess they were, they were gaming uh, election strategy or yeah. some weird thing. I don't know why they thought they had to do that. But they were, uh, they it, it may have been so. Well, that, that's what they thought too. They probably thought, "Why are we doing this? this why is a are waste we doing of time?" It? And so, frankly, yeah. So he sought other pursuits. But I hope, and I don't know what the latest is. I hope that he is reinstated from the New Yorker and CNN and all that. I mean, I think you know, at some well, point, you know, uh, you could just say, "Oh, Jeffrey, don't do it," or talk about it with his wife because he is married, and that's a legitimate conversation to have. 
Well, he's had a few, you know, he's, his wife is, is very forgiving. We, we know this from, from other uh, incidents we know about Jeffrey Tubin. But again, I think what we're doing is so much better than what everybody, every other uh, uh, podcast. And again, I don't really know. I'm speculating about other podcasts, but certainly that the TV shows, we're, we're uh, the, the TV comedy shows that make fun of Jeffrey Tubin. We are also saying, and I think I hear it from you, Scotty, that yes. uh, let's, uh, and I think you expressed the hope uh, that Tubin is reinstated. Now, now, very, very few comics will ever say, I, I express the hope, because they're always going for the laugh. Well, and they always want him to still be uh, made fun of, and hopefully he'll be strung out there for a while. Yeah. That's, true. That's, that's why we're the new comedy, Tommy. We're, it'll be on the cover of Times soon, even though not a lot of people read Time, but it's still no, to me the cover of Time. That's the sad irony of it. We'll, we'll yeah. be on the cover of a magazine that I don't even read, even though I somehow <laughs> subscribe to it. Yeah. Well, we'll start so, with that, and then and the cover of the Rolling Stone would be would be nice. Uh, but but Tommy, that's why because we go that extra step. Yes, we see humor, but then we give practical advice to help people. That's where the comedians draw the line. They don't do that. Yeah, and, and exactly. And, yeah, it's, empathy. How often do comics? Take a moment to just say, you know, I, I hope Jeffrey too. We laugh at his at his uh, at, at his embarrassment. Uh, we we get chuckles and guffaws, but we hope that he does get back on, on into the New Yorker and perhaps on on uh, uh, yeah. CNN. Um, and 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 I, I uh, and I think that's that's just uh, you're right. That takes comedy to a new you know because so often the comics. They're just going for the laugh, Scotty. They're just going for the, for, for the oh, the big, the big belly laughs. Yeah, and, and no, no thought to what about him and his family and his future. <laughs> no, and yes, we want a, a laugh. We want a okay. He, they dealt with it, but also we want guidance. We give empathy. <laughs> we say, hey, Jeffrey, how's it going? And ultimately, Tommy and our listeners know this. We want to become his friend. We want to become the friends of all people who don't commit heinous crimes. And we're not saying we want to be friends with with Trump or any people like that. But certainly a Jeffrey Tubin, we can even kid about it. Great person to hang out with, I think. Um, Oh, I think so. Be fun, and he'll appreciate the fact that we were there in the beginning when he needed us. Like we we didn't need people back when he was writing high in CNN and the New Yorker. But right now, we're the only ones saying, "Okay, so we did that. Um, Let's move on." And and. Let's move on. Yeah. I mean, I think the let's move on part, I think, is is really helpful, Scotty, because yeah. I was not until you said that I was not ready to move on from from that. And and I realized, no, let's definitely there are other things, you know, besides Jeffrey Tubin uh, and his Zoom calls and uh, the yeah. Ken Delanian. Um, would I want to hang out with Ken Delanian? Yeah, I think he's so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think he's although I'm I'm troubled by the fact that and this is. I was not able to find a a a, a wiki uh, Wikipedia Wikipedia. Uh, Maybe he scrubbed it of Ken uh, after this or something. But yeah, I don't know. Have a, as That's much of a strange. connection. That was to, I've never yeah. had that experience. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you exist, or you know, is is it possible that I mean, that, then you start to think, well, is you know, I mean, it, this is so crazy. But 
could Candelanian be some kind of a spirit that we don't, you know, I mean, if it's not in, in, in Wikipedia, right. Does he really exist? Does he really exist? And that's, that's I mean, that is something that does, uh, I don't want to cause panic or anything like that. Well, this could be it. This, he could be, as we've talked about many times, the good ghost, he comes in and that's his mission is to make maybe on air cable news better. And no one notices. They see Kendall and he went to Williams. They're not researching to see if he's a ghost or not. That's not their first vetting thing. And are you a ghost? They don't ask that. And he was doing fine, sailing in there, doing a lot of stuff. But now this one mistake opens up the cupboards. And again, that's not a bad thing, because if you have stuff behind the cupboards, you want to open them up. <laughs> you know, that's oh, well, look what you did. You open the cupboards. Well, I was going to get that bowl on the left. You right. You know. But, so uh, yeah, that's not no. an expression used anymore. Is, do we Open still have cupboards? cupboards? I don't think I've ever heard of that. That must be an East Coast expression. The cupboards really? Because the Midwest. I would sound like Midwest to the cupboards. You'd think so. Yeah. Well, we definitely would hear people say cupboards. Well, I mean, we never in, used in it. In our family, yeah. we said cabinets. Oh, no, we never said it personally, but I had heard that expression. And maybe it's a time frame thing, but the cupboards. Yeah. And it does seem maybe maybe a little more early 1900s. No, I remember being over at, you know, you know, when you were a little kid, you go over to other kids' houses and, and then, you you know, you, you expect things to be different, but you don't expect to hear somebody say, uh, you, you find some, take some, we're going to have some Hawaiian punch. Uh, you <laughs> get some glasses out of the cupboard and you go, what, what, what did you just say? A cupboard. We don't use that word in my house. <laughs> what do you mean? It's yeah. terrifying, Scotty. Yeah, no, that would be. Oh, the Hawaiian punch is the great unifier. I remember so well, Tommy, growing up and playing on the block as I did. It was a dead-end street. We'd playing stickball and, and oh. all that. And then my parents would literally yell at My mom would yell down the street, lunch is ready. And then one of my friends would say, I remember this, Scotty, can I watch you eat? <laughs> Not can I eat also, but can I watch you eat? And I'm sure my mom being very generous as she was, uh, would provide a sandwich. But we always had either Hawaiian punch or Welchade. Yeah. Welchade, great, Welchade. Not great juice, great juice, great drink with 3% mm-hmm. juice. And we all had great <laughs> Welchade mustache. And that was such a source of hilarity when you were nine. Look, I got the mustache. And uh, Hawaiian punch, I don't know if I had the mustache, but I loved Hawaiian punch. Uh, yeah, I did too. Uh, great too. Uh, and it come, came it came in a big can, huge can that he had a. They used to puncture. open it with can openers. Yeah, like, those yeah. little the, the yeah, and 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 we didn't get Hawaiian, but that was my my friend up the street had uh, uh, Hawaiian. It, but uh, for some reason, I think my parents just didn't didn't trust that it really came from Hawaii. <laughs> like it, uh, 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 you know. It, that was a well, it wasn't fully vetted. Yeah, I don't know that. You it, know, they say Hawaiian punch on it, and and I guess you you know, but you, you have to come from Hawaii if you say you're it's Hawaiian punch, right? You would think. I mean, these days you wouldn't be able to get it with. Maybe there was some catch or yeah. somewhere, well, but the commercials were great. It's like, hey, say you want Hawaiian punch, and literally the guy would punch. Yeah. That was a probably a cartoon figure, and I don't think you can get away with that. No, you these can't. Days, I mean, that was just flat out violence. Yeah, and I don't see the point punch, of it. Punch. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's what kids used to do to each other anyway. That's where they got the idea that the ad guy, you know, uh, got it from his kid. You know, right. his kids would say, you want a Hawaiian punch? And then they'd punch your arm. 
right? But, and then in this case, they would yeah. punch the face, and it would be a huge punch. This yeah. guy would be incredibly strong. The one no, and it was a, wanted, wanted thankfully it was a cartoon character. But either well, way, it's painful, and they shouldn't be showing that to kids. And uh, well, that's the thing. I mean, um, that's where you get into the ethics. Is it is it better if it's a cartoon character? I mean, if it's a racist cartoon character, people are up in arms. But if you and it, or if it's a sex sexy one, or or if it's right. Maybe, Right. So why wouldn't it, but cartoons have have uh, made comical fun of violence from the very beginning of Mickey Mouse? Well, well, then there's the argument that others have made and Lenny Bruce, I believe, too. the, you know, movies, you know, if they're violent, you know, it's G rated, but you show a pair of breasts and then it's already R or X. Right. Well, so, now, now, if a if Hawaiian punch ad had shown a pair of breasts, <laughs> trust me, there would be real problems. Oh, yeah. Like the kids shouldn't have to see that stuff yet. They could see someone being punched in the face. So, right. No, great point, Tommy. And and Hawaiian Punch Show, I loved. I mean, wow. Even And and you could have had Hawaiian Punch Show breast because, you know, the original Hawaiian Hawaiian um, Islanders were were topless. Well, you could probably see them in National Geographic, which was always the haven for toplessness of other lands. Yes. And uh, it it was a little bit. Yeah. Right. A little uh, bit I was uh, hoping that it would catch on in America. It never really. No, but that was the one source that we talked about in yeah. another episode. National Geographic and popular photography magazines were opportunities for youngsters like myself to see uh, some topless. In the back of the popular photography magazines, occasionally there would be a touch of toplessness. Yeah, with, yeah, uh, yeah. You know. uh, uh, truly, truly. Uh, yeah, I mean, and and now, now the the. Um... <laughs> I mean, we. I laugh at at the degrees the the the, the things that we would uh, think are very exciting, erotic uh, images. Now, in uh, in the context of the modern era, where uh, porn is so hugely available and 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 so explicit and so so vast, uh, and uh, I remember a time when we went to. Uh, a gas station, Scotty. I, I can't yeah. believe I'm telling you this story, uh, but uh, the, in the in the men's room uh, of the gas station, there was a a uh, vending device. Oh. I can laugh about it now. Uh, you put your quarter in, your hard-earned quarter, turn a knob all the way around, and down would come a coin, Scotty. What kind of a coin was it? It wasn't a legal tender corn. It was a sh- it was heads or tails, and wow. the heads shows the upper torso of a woman's, you know, sort of a generic woman carved into the coin, you know, stamped onto the coin. Oh. And the tails was, you know, the tail. yeah. Well, so, tell you, it's almost quaint hearing that. It seemed almost. like it could have been at the 1939 World's Fair at the Central <laughs> Palace. I mean, that's what it was, burlesque. And, and, and almost, it was exciting. Like you'd have a, a, a naked coin. Like it's not even a magazine. No. Magazines. Just, oh, that would that's too much to dream, dream of. And to coin. jam into a vending machine, too, would be hard. But but no, but I do remember Playboy very well. And it was this well, incredible. And, and there was always a friend who had one. You know, dad subscribed. And it was, but it was so tame by today's standards, but yet so forbidden. And uh, right, you know. But I think though we've we've talked about the magazines, but I don't think we've really uh, drilled down into the the potential of the erotic coins and how it that that business never really became, you know, that never, re- you know, the the idea of uh, 
coins as a source of eroticism. It never caught on. Well, it was Scott. expensive. You know, you had to keep putting coins in to get one of those coins, and then they'd be easily fed. Now, there were those, and they yeah. would jingle in your pocket. Which yeah, that would that'd be the giveaway. And what's in your pocket? Oh, I think it's. And then you you'd be found <laughs> just, just out money. and sent to your room. Just regular money. That's yeah. normal money. Maybe that's why. Because but then there was the pens. It wasn't as prevalent, but those trick pens that you would turn it and then all oh. of a sudden the woman would become naked <laughs> yes <laughs> those but no those were more prevalent those are and those are miracles and very often they would be south pacific islander yeah uh, with, yes. with grass skirts and you would press down the ballpoint pen the the, the uh, um and uh they would reveal themselves i mean that was kind of remarkable uh cleverness i mean the the nude coin is okay because how how do you make a coin i don't know how to make a coin stamp a coin i have a vague idea but these pens these pens that would uh in a sense be like a little burlesque show in a pen yeah yeah i mean very cleverly made now i wonder if for the kids coming up today uh i know as you say they have the internet which i think is too much too much. I mean, you, any thought that they have, there's 18,000 pages that will cater to it. We had a magazine. Now, are there any magazines left? I know there's still Playboy. It's still in the family, but it's a pale imitation. They have very little nudity. I wonder if there's still any of those magazines out there uh, at all. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I really, I haven't really checked them out lately. It's almost, again, it seems like a wholesome thing. Like, if all the kids could get off that internet and just pick up a fine magazine and maybe read an article here and there and, you know, see a picture or two, but nothing's going to hurt anybody, you know. Yeah, my goodness. And uh, it does. It seems like, like, because there's actual words and you turn the page. Yeah. There's stories and articles that aren't pertaining to uh, nakedness, but you go online and it, it, uh, there are certain sites that are just endless, vast, the most explicit in every tiny little, uh, oh. uh, uh, a, 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 every kind of perversion imaginable. Any thought is, anybody would have is covered 20,000 fold. There's no, nothing someone would think of. I wonder if they'd have, there's always 20,000 yeah. pages of that. So it's a. Uh, but, but we come oh. from a time when, yeah. when, when, all, uh, when uh, the, the only glimmer of such eroticism uh, is in, in a pen, a ballpoint pen. Wow. Well, and again, maybe we it, should bring back those pens and have the kids see the picture of the woman and then write something because they can improve their writing skills too that way. Well, of course. And, and it's certainly I, that's why I became a writer. <laughs> well, that inspired you. That is the thing. It wasn't a computer. It no, was a pen of a burlesque no, gal. I, I had no interest in words or, <laughs> or, uh, uh, prior to getting this. Uh, or, how do you even get those pens? Like, where would you even buy them? They, you just sort of would come across them. You yeah, know, there wasn't. have one. Yeah, I'm curious if we could find them online on eBay. Or one oh, of those places, but, I'm sure you can. You're yeah, so but there were all these novelty things and probably those other things like where the... Uh, Particles, you know, the erasers, magnetic things, probably, where you move it and then the shavings move and it's a naked woman. I mean, very clever how, how they did it. They had Amazingly clever. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should, I'm going to, we should all research that and talk about another episode. But Tommy, it's funny how we've come full circle. We started this episode about words, forbidden words uttered catastrophically by Ken Delanian on MSNBC today. And then we end on, frankly, a much more wholesome hopeful uh, note of uh, pens that... Ballpoint pens. That, that, yeah. 
that showed some nudity, but also it helped a young Tom Saunders become a fine writer. <laughs> it, it, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I wish I had that pen right now. I'd, I'd put it in a frame, yeah, and, and hang it on the wall. Um, but uh, sadly, um, and that's another problem is that these pens get stolen and nobody's talking about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't want to put it on a wall because <laughs> next thing you know, you got a guy coming in to fix the sink. Where's the pen? <laughs> and not, and I'm, I'm not maligning plumbers, but just anyone who wouldn't want to take that pen. Right. So, Everybody would want that. Yeah. yeah. You, don't, you just don't find them anymore. And also, I wonder about, and I know we have to go shortly, but I wonder about the people, and I've always wondered about the people who work in the co- factories that, that make pens like that like you know what do you do um i make novelty pens oh really yeah uh, can i see one of them you know and then you're like er, ah, that is well you kind of come with me into a private room and i'll show it to you but that yeah. you know i mean like what would what would do they tell their kids you know when they come home from work you know well just like you said novelty just covers it all you know novel and that's i love those stores novelties Yes. Which they don't really have anymore because what no. would a novelty be? Or novelty just means something there's not a lot of, I guess. No. And, and there's also novelty acts that you don't see anymore. Like, yeah. That's, like, oh, yeah. In fact, when you sign up for the union, in fact, they, you have to indicate you know, comedian, actor, or I think they say novelty actor. They used to. And can I you imagine this, being a novelty act? Like, I don't even know if I, I, I think I, the word would embarrass me. Just because it says novelty, I don't want that attached to to me. Tom Saunders novelty act. I don't yeah. know. What do you think? Yeah, no variety act is that's a little better because it's sort of yeah. I do a lot of things. or comic like or something. Comic like variety with dance. But I do a novelty act. You think you know juggler? You know somebody riding around on a unicycle? Do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and displaying pens. Displaying you know. pens. So yeah, it's it's kind of not. It was well, not a commercial sounding thing it's a little quirky like yeah we're not looking for novelty acts right now <laughs> yeah, that's usually what we hear yeah and who wants where, to hear that so where's, uh, where's the show where's the club that specializes in novelty acts yeah you know, i bet that would be a fabulous club novelties yeah call it novelties, novelties. And bring back the novelty act and and, and uh, it's just acts that that are that are odd quirky oddball things instead of comics that go up and say hey how you doing where, where you from you know? <laughs> well maybe they could go to coney island where we saw the the, the the marvelous freak show is still back they don't call it that but uh, what do they call it uh you know i don't remember but they can't say people freak. with with uh, uh with different challenges yeah just uh unusual maybe oddities maybe but i don't i don't know what they did I I, but, but as i recommend it once such things are uh, uh, back again but uh, tommy what an exhilarating uh, romp we start off and we hope by the end uh, as we say we don't just do comedy make people feel good we offer constructive advice to the pundits of the world to the live shot reporters and once again don't say bad words when you might be on the air when you think you might be there when you're wearing a mic when you're about In to general. be mic, or ever yeah <laughs> ever and that's the way to do it uh and we hope people listen yeah tommy uh, uh marvelous and thank you for bringing that up and discovering that so we could uh, talk about it today well it was uh, you know it's something i will never forget seeing ken delaney and uh just looked at on his cell phone and just start cursing <laughs> say those words well it's just something so i mean it, it's you know uh, really uh Nothing amazing has to happen anymore in my life. I've I've seen it all, as they say. Well, it's going to be gravy from now on in. After that, yeah, really, it would is. be. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, Tommy, uh, well, until tomorrow uh, and the adventures that will happen between now and then, I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman. I'm still Tom Saunders, and we're getting through this.